0: in the year 2455 on a routine training mission a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time wow they're on their way back prepare for docking and
1: power up the lab you brought them on board everything's under control man Jason Voorhees, that's what's going on. He's an unstoppable killing machine. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. How do we get off the ship?
0: I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What? Are you high? Uh oh.
1: (gasps) He's here. You have got to get them out of there. Hey, slappy.
0: I think we're finally okay.
1: What the hell is that? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, wow. He's been
0: modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. I don't think he's out there.
1: Why don't you just stick your head out and have a peek? Welcome back to Geek Channel 8. I'm Eric, and today with me is Tank from... The What You Into Podcast.
0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, Anthony Tankman from here from What You Into Podcast, uh, a podcast about hobbies and collections, collections and hobbies.
1: Great. So we've uh, we've been on each other's podcast before. I think we talked about podcasting on yours, and we talked about Conan and Conan the Destroyer on mine. Mm-hmm. But even back then, I had today's episode in mind. Which is, we're going to be talking about Jason X, uh, which is a bit different from the f- rest of the Friday the 13th series. And we'll we'll talk about that. Why don't you tell me what's been going on in your world?
0: Um, right now, I'm working on a series of blacklight drawings that I've been creating. So I just finished up this big. 24 inch by 18 inch Godzilla piece and I recently started 11 uh, by 17 leather face piece so that's been a lot of fun I uh, kind of had this moment where I didn't know what I was doing art wise for a while so I just started experimenting with fluorescence and uh, it's really taken off for me so I'm enjoying doing that
1: cool all right let me give a background to the year this movie came out it was 2001 so I'm going to start with a little info, starting back at the end of 2000, some uh, things having to do with the exploration of space. In the 1960s, they made the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. Well, there are at least going to be astronauts on space stations, and we do have that. So November 2nd of 2000, the first resident crew entered the International Space Station. So that that became a reality. February the near shoemaker spacecraft touched down in the what's called the saddle region of 433 Eros which was a near earth object and it became the first spacecraft to land on an asteroid. In April the russian spacecraft Soyuz TM32 lifted off from Kazakhstan carrying the first space tourist who was Dennis Tito an american entrepreneur. In August, the Genesis probe was launched from the Cape Canaveral space complex. In September, American spacecraft Deep Space One flew within 2,200 kilometers of comet Borrelly. October 15th, the Galileo spacecraft passed within 181 kilometers of Jupiter's moon Io. In November, November 9th of 2001 in spain the movie jason x premiered before we get into that i want to give a little production notes to it this is cribbed from an interview i found on the av club it was with uh, todd farmer who's the screenwriter Mm -hmm. for this movie and uh they asked him um what made this the idea you decided to go with jason in space And he said that Sean Cunningham, who's basically been the producer of all the Friday the 13th films, was frustrated with how long the development on Freddy versus Jason had been. And he finally said, screw it. Let's let's I'm paraphrasing here. (laughs) Let's make our own movie until they get it right. And Todd Farmer said, this is a quote. We actually had the idea. And I don't know how legitimate it was, but we certainly laughed about it, that Jason would break out of hell, but he would have the help of Gilbert Godfrey, who was also in hell playing Gilbert Godfrey, And it would be just this weird ass sidekick team breaking out of hell and Gilbert trying to keep him calm when he's killing everybody. And we thought after the ninth movie, why not? So that was, that Ooh. was the first idea.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Why, why does horror have so many bad ideas? Like, I mean, that, I mean, how do you look at that and not just go, this is dog shit from the jump.
1: I know. I, I, could you imagine, thank God they didn't make that film. Okay. And so then what was the saving grace of that was that, uh, and I'm quoting Todd here again, he says that he was worried that quote, I didn't want to do something, that then their movie, meaning Freddy versus Jason, had to either ignore or deal with us, is what he said. Quote, let's set this thing in the future, like four or 500 years, and let's do something kind of sci-fi with it because that's never been done, unquote. And then he said, quote, originally it was sort of a Blade Runner world, so the world has advanced and somebody finds Jason cryogenically. And then the producer said, we can't afford to create what you're talking about, And he said, what about Alien? I mean, that's just a warehouse that's designed to look like a cargo ship. Yeah. And so that's where it came from. It was, you just take out the aliens and put in Jason. So we didn't have truckers in space. We had a school bus in space. At least that was the original concept, quote. And I can see that, right? When you see this movie, you're like, oh, they did aliens, but took the aliens out and put Jason in.
0: Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think that if you look back at the series, like even with eight, where they go to New York and that was, I think it was like Vancouver or something like something where it's very obviously not NYC, but they, even with that, like the original script, they had like all these big ideas of like Jason at the Statue of Liberty, Jason in um, Times Square, which they do end up shooting Jason on the subway, all this stuff. And it just couldn't happen. So I can't believe that they were like, Hey, we're coming off a nine, which is by far the worst movie in the entire franchise let's uh, like who's gonna get who is gonna give them Blade Runner money like who was who's signing that check
1: yeah yeah you know this whole series uh that we're doing right now is on franchises that go to space yep. and so the, my original thought was with uh when we did Moonraker which is the James Bond in space and we did Hellraiser Bloodline which is the Hellraiser movie in space so my original thought was is this what franchises do once they've jumped the shark like they go to space
0: yes
1: (laughs) or okay the thing about all three of those that i just mentioned is that there are fans that say this movie is really better than you give it credit for and i actually kind of like this one and i had heard that about jason x Mm -hmm. it was the only one i hadn't seen in the original series and then i was listening to your program you had a couple of creeps on there Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Lady Creep. Uh, sorry, I don't know her name. um
0: <laughs> Wait, actually, I, I kind of like Lady Creep. What we'll is go with Lady Creep? Okay, so <laughs> Lady
1: Lady Creep, who's the wife of the couple of creeps? By the way, they have uh, a YouTube show. Check it out. I think it's called a couple of creeps.
0: Yeah, it's a couple um, of creeps. It's it's extreme horror. So. uh Trigger warning, if you don't want to see incest or horrific murders or rape or cannibalism, don't look at their page. But if you want to go into the deep end of the pool of horror, by all means, go on over and check it out.
1: Okay. Well, Lady Creep on that show had mentioned that she didn't like Jason X, not because of plot holes or anything like that. Her reason was the in space didn't work for her. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it and I was like, well, wait a minute there's alien that's in space that's pretty good you know and i think that there's this idea out there and i'm not speaking for her but there's this idea out there that people have that like horror has to be in an old haunted house or on earth and i'm thinking you know what about ghost ships on the ocean what about you know space is just another place i don't think of there not being horror there I think maybe we're so used to science fiction films always being, you know, in the Star Wars model where there's not really horror you know you yeah. might get a monster attack but that's the closest you get you know right you get something
0: that's kind of funky looking like in the star wars movies where it's like you see like a, a rancor monster or something like that or like the pigs guards at Jabba's palace where it's like oh it's kind of scary but it's not but it's never like played in that thing where there's never like dramatic music or you know jump scares or anything like that Sci- sci-fi just occasionally has some fugly looking things living in the sci-fi world right I'm I'm with you to some extent with this. I'm with her to some extent. I think space works if you begin in space. Like if you like something like Alien, where like it obviously takes place in space, that makes sense. Or like Event Horizon, where it it goes along with like that ghost ship thing you're talking about, where it's like, hey man, there's this thing, it's floating out here. The crew's dead. We don't know what happened. We got to go on it. I think those are like really high watermarks for like horror and sci-fi combined together but then it's like when you get into the horror stuff where it's like well we've kind of exhausted everything we can do with this let's put it in space that's when you get stuff like hellraiser in space or leprechaun in space or jason in space and it's kind of like the fuck is this because it is like just such a weird place to put them it's so out of the element of what the series is so i always kind of i am I'm, I'm on that line of like whenever something is in space i'm always like oh, I got to put my uh, shark jumping shoes on because we're getting ready to get into something funny. And I and I think that's kind of one of the things with Jason X is like, you got to be able to laugh at this movie and this movie laughs at itself. And if you're coming into this thinking it's gonna be super serious, like the original stuff, like three or like the six or seven, it's not that. It, it it knows what it is. And that's what makes Jason X a lot of fun.
1: Since you're a much bigger fan of Jason, let me break down my sort of opinion on on the Friday the 13th series that, up to this point and then then it gives you an idea of where i'm coming from so here's how i i kind of rank the friday the 13th films in four tiers okay okay? top tier is for me is the first film okay it's the original friday the 13th i remember i didn't see that at the time i was too young and i saw it when it was repeating it came back to theaters in the early 90s And I saw it and there was a trailer for it. The trailer just has like one, two, Mm -hmm. three, and it counts down all these people being killed. Right. I'm like, okay, this is pretty badass, but it had the final tagline. You may only see it once, but once is enough. And I burst Mm -hmm. out laughing. I was laughing in that theater because by that point there'd been like eight films or something Mm -hmm. like that. All pretty similar. But anyway, so that's top tier for me is the first one. The second tier for me is part 2 mm-hmm. um part 3 which is my personal favorite. So I I three rocks. 3 was the first one I actually saw. I saw it at a friend's house and it was like on pay-per-view or something like that yeah. and we had to watch it in his dad's bed his parents bedroom which by the way later on I learned his father was a nazi like an actual brown shirt nazi so like we were watching this in like a real monsters room you know but we watched it and the thing that made it so terrifying to me first of all you get the hockey mask for the first time you know yeah. but also you know it was 3d which we didn't have on a home viewing but I remember one of my friends turning to me and saying like, this shit takes place in the day, you know, that's mm-hmm. what makes this really scary. Cause this could happen, you know, it's like every other horror movie had been at night, you know, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. the earlier installments in this series, but this one's the middle of the day. And that made it that much scarier because like, you know, and of course we were growing up at a time when there were a lot of serial killers in the eighties and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's like, it, that was our reality anyway, you know? So that, and I'll throw in for the final chapter. That's Four's like great. second tier for me. All right? Okay. So that's still really good. And three is my personal favorite, even though I put it in the second tier. Then there's the third tier. And this is the next level down. I put A New Beginning, Jason Lives, and The New Blood, all at this level. This is like the next level down. Well, I, like,
0: I like the New Blood. You You do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, oh, um, you uh, keep going with your list. I'm going to get my list after you give it Okay, list. but yeah. So that's yeah.
1: that's third tier. So all in order so far, pretty much, right? Fourth tier for me, and this is the bottom of the barrel. Jason takes Manhattan, which is my least favorite in the entire series, it's because. because it was a bait and switch. Because I wanted to see Jason in Manhattan, they put him on a fucking boat. Like and I was like, that is like you basically just lied to us with the title. And then Jason goes to hell, which also sucks. Mm-hmm. And but I saw Freddy versus Jason after this. Um, yeah. I hadn't seen Jason X deliberately because I knew it was in the future. And I liked mm-hmm. the time. I wanted to follow the timeline and then see that one mm-hmm. out of order. But okay, that's my list. Why don't you tell me how you rank these?
0: So I like three and I like four a lot. And I also like part six, Jason lives. Those are, those are my top three. Those are my ones that I like going to. I love just the brutality of Jason in three where we finally get fully realized like the Jason that we all know now like you said the hockey mask and also just like the big brooding Jason with some really vicious kills uh some really brutal stuff going on there four is great because we get a young Corey Feldman shout out fell dog and we get that terrific kill at the end where like Jason is breaking into the house and uh Corey Feldman tricks him by shaving his own head to look like him. And then they machete Jason in the head. And then we get the machete through the face of Jason just to really put through, though, he's dead. (laughs) And then uh, six, where we get the new version of Tommy Jarvis, which is Corey Feldman's character, who then for some reason resurrects Jason, which I don't quite to this day understand why he would resurrect him to kill him. But here we are. But that was a lot of fun. So I like those. I like part seven the new blood just because we get this weird like jason meets carry angle like i think that's kind of a cool thing where you pit jason against this character who can like levitate him can shoot objects at him and we get like this thing where it's kind of like a wizard versus a barbarian where it's like they're two different skill sets but they're both really good at what they do so i enjoy that that's also where i would put one and two Again, we don't get fully realized Jason what Jason becomes, but you know, without one, the series doesn't exist. And two has got a lot of great stuff in it, including where that kid in the wheelchair gets hit in the face with a machete and goes down like 40 flights of stairs where the fuck that kill is, yeah. which is amazing. We also get Baghead Jason, which is a lot of fun, which is a cool Jason variant that we don't get to see very often. And then, yeah, man. And then after that, things start to go bad because then we get into Jason Jason 5 New Beginning is just rough. That's where we get like the weird not Jason. Instead of having the red chevrons, he has the blue chevrons on the mask. And then at the end, spoiler alert, we find out that it was like some weird paramedic guy. that's not Jason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't get with that. But it is nice that that does lead into 6 where like 6 is big because in the first few movies, there's always that thing with Jason where you're like, Is he a human? Is he a mutant? What exactly is he? Is he just like a tough dude that can eat a bunch of punishment or is he something otherworldly? And then in 6, that's where Jason does make the jump to something otherworldly. But now he's like a zombie character that can absorb all this damage. He has the ability to like if you're running from him, he'll just like shadow teleport and show up right beside you anyways. So we start getting into like the weird stuff with Jason. But I'm with you. It's a rough watch with him in New York. I mean, it's a fun idea, but it just it's not realized very well. And Jason goes to hell is just the absolute bottom of the basement. That movie sucks. It's you can't even it's really hard to like MST3K watch that thing. And even if you try to make fun of it, it's still a
1: boring slog of a movie. Yeah. Um, and they made him a, yeah. a, a like a slug or something. Yeah. What it, the was like the fuck?
0: Whole, it was this whole weird thing where like now Jason is like a soul that can be transferred to other people. And it it just gets a little too far outside the wheelhouse of what Friday the 13th is. But that's what brings us to Jason X, which is way fun. Like, and again, this movie is very self-aware of what it is because there's been nine of these things and they're like, okay, I think people are on a joke at this point.
1: With my bottom tier being Jason takes Manhattan, Jason goes to hell. Yeah. You can same. see that once we're outside of Crystal Lake, I am checking out. So I was wondering what my opinion was going to be of him in space because that's yeah. about as far from Crystal Lake as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, They kind of had me hooked at the beginning. I don't know why you would put a research facility at Crystal Lake, but okay, I bought into the idea that they're like, okay, we tried killing him, that didn't work, we're just gonna freeze him. That actually makes some kind of sense, you know.
0: I like the fact that he's on like the CIA's radar, where it's like, look, we know about this thing, we need to contain this thing, like, we got to keep this thing at this summer camp and not let it just go roaming out into the countryside,
1: yeah. But what happens here is just like in Aliens, the army wants to use it as a weapon. Same thing here. They want to yep. use his healing ability or whatever. So the army shows up to take over. You can tell they just cribbed the notes from Aliens and they're like, OK, change this to this and change that to that. <laughs> and
0: uh... I, I really wish we lived in a world where Waylon yutani was in Aliens, Blade Runner and Jason. That would be great.
1: Well, it kind of is if you if, if you just imagine that, that that's what they are. But anyway, what I should say about this is this came out at the time Dimension Films was making a bunch of stuff like I Know What You Did Last Summer. And like it was in the the wake of Scream. So this is like a new era of like glamour lighting horror. It's got a really polished look to it.
0: Yeah. And to go with that, that's like the whole thing where like Scream really did redefine the genre where where Scream was very self-aware, all the characters in in Scream were aware of what's happening, they weren't dumb victims, and that changed the, the slasher genre, because before then, everybody was just kind of dumb and making bad decisions, whereas in Scream, it's like, oh, no, like, they realize what they should and shouldn't do, and, and some of that starts to come into this film as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that the original, the very first Friday the 13th film is really cool, because, like, it's the old campfire tale thing. And you can believe it's like, it looks like it was a shot, you know, at a summer camp, you know, it looks kind of low and grainy and all that. This Mm. is not that. no. But it's in a polished future. So I can go with that lighting. Look, it's just, but where it loses me kind of toward the beginning here is Jason escapes, you know, of course, of course. And the doctor who's studying him, I think Rowan was her name. She like, puts him back in the freezer, right? Mm -hmm. And he machetes through a like steel door or something like that and into her, you know? And then of course they both freeze because it leaks out, but whatever. But I'm just like, okay, now the machete is magical and it can go through steel. Like that was like, if they hadn't done that, you know, if he had just like blocked the door from shutting or something, you know, I could have lived with it, even if he had blocked it with the machete blade, you know, but stabbing through the door and into her. I was just like, that's just a little too far.
0: J- Jason is he he defies physics. He defies all things. The, the, the PSI pressure of a Jason machete through a door. Totally believable in this world.
1: <laughs> OK, if you say so. <laughs> um, so that takes us into the far future. So this was already yeah. the future for the time it came out, but it yeah. was not that far in the future.
0: Right. And as you said earlier with like them, they knew they were going to make Freddy versus Jason, but they want to fuck with the timeline too much. So it was like this movie comes out in like what? 2001, 2002. And so they set the movie in 2008 in the far flung future of 2008. And then that's when, yeah, like you said, the freezing happens. Then they like fast forward to me like 400, 450 years. And so we're time hopping all over the place in this movie.
1: Yeah. All right, so 450 some years later, there's this spaceship that that is carrying students and their professor, and for some reason, soldiers, which we don't even know about until they call them in. But
0: (laughs) this is how college will be taught in the future. Classrooms (laughs) will just be on spaceships that orbit the Earth.
1: I can dig that. Um, (laughs) I'm not against this idea so anyway they're studying earth because everybody's moved to another planet earth Two, because (laughs) earth one is all polluted that's and we have a professor we have the professors like ta Mm -hmm. we have the students of which i don't even know how many of them there were like six or something
0: they're they're just meat bags there to be murdered
1: (laughs) that's what they are and one of them has a, a an android km14
0: yeah, who has horrible mom hair, and I and she's kind of like a weird mixture between like a Terminator and a fleshlight.
1: I thought she was kind of like a Terminator, Karen. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and that's the other thing about this movie is this movie is very early two thousands. Like they do try, they're like it's four hundred years in the future. You look at the haircuts in any of these characters, you're like, this, this is this is early two thousands. This is exactly what point in time this is in. <laughs> They thaw out
1: the doctor.
0: Well, both of them. Both of them, yeah.
1: Yeah. The doctor's like, oh, you know, you you can't do that. Get (laughs) ready. You know, it's like, so the whole movie long, I'm expecting them to do the airlock thing where they push him in an airlock and shoot him out in the space and like i'm kind of glad that didn't happen exactly like Mm -hmm. that because that is totally what you expect for the whole thing because that's what i would do it's like you know what what let's shoot him out in space you know instead the main guy the professor dude or whatever Mm. he decides he's the um what was that dude that was working with Waylon Utani in Aliens? That like the one that like oh the sure business the, guy the, yeah the 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 yuppie guy oh um,
0: fuck he was uh he was on um on a sitcom like not Harry Met Sally but uh, yeah no
1: um Paul Reiser was his Paul name. Reiser yeah Paul yeah. Reiser.
0: Yeah, and he plays a character where his whole thing is, is, like, they're trying to bring the alien back to... So weyland Utani can use it as a bioweapon. Like, that's the whole thing in Aliens is, like, hey, the crew's expendable, just like an alien one. Like, you know, whatever we got to do to get the, an egg or something back in so we can take it to Earth. And then
1: weyland Utani will figure out how to make it a bioweapon. But he's all into it, Paul Reiser's character, because he's going to make a bunch of money off of it. Well, we exactly. got the same... That guy is the yep. professor guy in this who talks to his buddy on yeah. a space station somewhere and the guy tells him like oh the this is jason, jason Voorhees. uh is yeah. a famous serial killer a collector will want him you know because in the future like i guess instead of collecting little figurines collectors collect you know the actual frozen bodies i don't know
0: yeah that's how it works in the future like you just you get jeffrey Dahmer's head like put in one of those canisters from futurama and you know you gotta you gotta man some one of those on the
1: shelf and you got jason Stuff starts happening rapidly here.
0: Yeah. Things escalate very quickly once we get on the ship.
1: One of them, I think it's the scientist lady. He freezes her head in, in the sink of liquid nitrogen or whatever and then smashes it. Yeah. Which is kind of an unusual kill for Jason.
0: So that that one is argued as, um, that one usually gets, it's it's always in the top five Jason kills. And that's one that gets argued as the number one Jason kill of all time. Just because of how unique it is and how cool it is. And what's funny about that scene is she's kind of, you know, just like check his vitals, see what he is doing an autopsy on him. And then as she's doing this, there's two other characters having sex in a different part of the ship. And then, Apparently, that's like an alarm clock for Jason. Like, if you're having sex anywhere near Jason, it will wake Jason up. And he immediately comes up. She doesn't see him. And then she has this nitrogen thing, dunks her head, and in it instantly freezes it, pulls her head out, and then just smash. And then she explodes into a mixture of, like, ice cubes and blood all over the desk. And it's like, hell yeah, dude. Honestly, if I went opening weekend and I paid my seven ninety nine dollars in 2001 to see that, I got my money's worth.
1: I remember that the screenwriter was talking about how, like, Cunningham, the producer, did not want Jason revived by lightning again or anything like that. And he's like, Well, what if two teenagers are having sex? And they're like, Okay, yeah, you know, that revives Jason. I'm like, That tracks. Okay. The teenagers are just as bad as from the 1980s or whatever. They have sex for no reason at a moment's notice, you know. And there's the stoner guy. I don't know if he's actually a stoner, but he's a stoner, you know? (laughs) And so you know that something's going to happen to him, you know?
0: Jason Nexus taught us that premarital sex and weed never go out of style.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so they decide that they're going to have to call in these soldiers who happen to be on their ship anyway. Of course. And um, you get basically, you know, the same thing with aliens. You know, there's... We've already got the Android and the greedy guy who wants Jason preserved, and now you got sort of the Space Marines. Yeah, you got up the here. colonial
0: Marines showing up. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: And then there's the Doom reference. Did you catch that? The BFG. The BFG. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Doom must have been really hot at the time. still. Like, again, 2001. It's
0: like solid shout out right there. Yeah, man. And which again, this again, this movie is just so self aware of itself, and then also just pop culture at the time.
1: Yeah. Now, what I didn't like about its self-awareness is it got a little too cutesy. So a lot oh, of the yeah. lines of dialogue, like Jason drops this guy onto a giant drill bit. Oh, yeah, yeah And yeah. he goes, you know, first of all, why are there giant drill bits in the middle of this ship? I have no idea, you know? But uh, it's the dropped, future. He drops them on one, and then they're like, the line is, he's screwed.
0: Yes.
1: Like <clears throat> I'm like, okay, yeah.
0: only one man that can deliver that line and that man's name is Arnold Schwarzenegger now if Schwarzenegger is gonna be ah it looks like you're screwed then that would work but here it does not
1: yeah i mean they have lines like that ought to do it which is supposed to be a zinger and it just isn't and um this sucks on so many levels when there's like uh the vacuum you know of space yeah, I forget that character's name,
0: but she is by far like the worst part of this movie with her self-awareness. Like it's there's there's being aware, and then there's like over the top where she is just constantly saying shit. That's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You get it. You get it. And it's like, OK, chill, like take it down a, a few notches.
1: Yeah, some of the acting is really bad, too. So the fact that they're not good actors combined with the corny lines, that's just a recipe for cringe. There is occasionally a really good line. I like the one where he's like, you're lucky you weren't alive during the Microsoft conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know... Yeah, I guess could still happen.
0: (laughs) There's also a great part where the Android is like trying to explain Jason to the uh, to the people uh, on the ship, like who he is. And she references his hockey mask and she's like, hockey is a sport that was outlawed in 2025 or like something like that. Like she she references that hockey was actually outlawed as a brutal sport, which is kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see that happening some point in the future. You know, I mean,
0: they already took fighting out of it. D- don't don't take the rest of hockey. Just get, let, let us have something.
1: Yeah, you got I mean, I'm I'm conflicted on stuff like this because I do. I produce hockey games, you know, and so I'm like super into it. But this is this is my deal with roller derby. It's like those are our friends and I don't want to see them hurt. But then right. honestly, roller derby's at its best when it's said it's most violent. I mean, that's just like my thing. You know, it's like I. Um, and I took. I remember I took um, my wife. Um, now wife wasn't wife at the time when we lived in Grand Rapids to a, a Grand Raggedy versus Windy City, and like three girls were taken out on stretchers yeah. <laughs> in, in one in one uh, bout. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's getting a little little bad. Um, yeah,
0: it's that weird thing where like we still have the monkey brain where like we want to see the Roman Coliseum, but we don't want to see death. Like, I want to see big hits, but I don't want to see somebody taken out on the stretcher. I don't want to see somebody hurt. And I feel like that's something that we that we struggle with within all contact sports: NFL, NHL, MMA. Like, it's all that where it's like we want to see the big hits, we want to see knockouts, but at the end of the day, we don't want to see somebody seriously injured or or long term effects. And and then that also gets into the whole thing of like, well, you know what you're signing up for because there is also that side of it. Like when you start doing extreme sports or you start doing contact sports, like if you're going to do it, you got to accept that's part of the risk is you might get injured or you legit might die.
1: Yeah. And this actually just happened here. We had a coach at the the team that I cover who, uh, he was really big on, um, helmets. He's been, he was around for a long time. So he like instituted all these regulations with helmets and, you know, trying to prevent concussions and things like that he retired and then got in a bicycle accident, not wearing oh, a helmet oh, and dude. yeah. And passed away, you know? Oh my God. Um, yeah. He was, he was one of the, uh, he's the winningest coach in, in the history of, of the college, you know? And um, but so it's like, but I kind of think, you know, he had to have known what he was doing, getting onto a bicycle without a helmet, considering so much of his career was about right. that, you know? So, I mean, you take your chances. I'm sure there's like, I don't know, you would know better than me, but I'm sure there's a ton of st- stuff they have to sign saying, you know, I could die. You know, oh, yeah. I'm agreeing
0: to do this, you know, for, for sure. Any, any sport that you're willing to play where it's full contact there, especially in, you know, 2023, the year of our Lord, you got to sign a bunch of waivers saying, Hey, if I, you know, something bad happens, that's on me, you know, and that's just the reality of it.
1: So to bring it back to to Jason. the Friday the 13th series, I think that's one of the cool things about these and why slasher films are so much fun is because you get to see people getting killed and maimed and all that stuff. It's not real, but it satisfies that same kind of itch without like, you know, without putting anyone usually without putting right. anyone in real harm you know indeed
0: indeed and, and that's exactly what i'm looking for especially coming to like something like the JC movies i want to see people get wrecked
1: yeah yeah so the marines get picked off i i don't know if they're marines the soldiers the sure. guys with guns they get they picked off one, one by one yep and the remaining students and professor they decide to like separate the sections It's like a two-section pontoon thing. And they trap Jason on the other one. And he lands on what we already know is this auto doctor thing where little nanite robots reconstruct you. (laughs) Why they left him on that, I don't know. Because as soon as they are gone, all the little nanotech robots start rebuilding him. And we should say what happened to him. Basically, the KM-14. Right, yeah. She like gets upgraded by her person to be like this badass who she comes out with like bandolier belts of like full metal jacket bullets, which she never uses. (laughs) I guess they're just for show. You You gotta look the part.
0: You gotta look the part.
1: But she like basically kicks his ass and blows away most of his head. You know, yeah. her own head gets punched off, but still functions, but they leave him on this, thing and there isn't enough jason left for the little robots to reconstruct him like as a human so they start incorporating mechanical parts and they basically create cyborg jason
0: yeah so so this version of jason is referred to as uber jason which is uh is a cool way to look at it because You know, we've seen Jason in various ways, like we've seen him in jumpsuits, we've seen him in the bag head, we've seen him where he's kind of just wearing like a green, like military long sleeve shirt, we've seen zombie Jason in a variety of movies, but we haven't seen this. And this is a major departure from anything we've seen now where like basically Jason is now like kind of part Terminator. Like, he kind of, I mean, it, he kind of looks like a mixture of, like, Hulk Hogan, fuck the Terminator. Like, he's just this gigantic monster metal-covered thing. And, oh, can we talk about the contact lenses, the super sweet red and yellow eyes that we now yeah. get with Jason that's frightening as hell? And we also get a new Jason mask, which is also exciting. Because, you know, normally with Jason, like... If you're going through the movies, you get like kind of the standard mask with the chevrons and and the triangle in the middle. And then, and you know, I I forget if it's in three or four, but we get like the the hatchet slash into the side of it. And that's kind of really only it in terms of like as it changes over time in in like big, memorable ways. But in this one, we get a whole new mask, get a whole new Jason, which is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to take us home and tell us how this ends?
0: Sure. So, so after we get Uber Jason, he starts picking off more and more people. Uh, like we talked about, the lady cyborg gets her head knocked off, and now she's down to just being a head. Uh, so this dude's like running around with like, uh, he he looks like the professional wrestler Al Snow with the mannequin head, where he's like, just she's with him. And they figure out that it's like, it's uh, the lady doctor that we started the movie with, it's the guy with the cyborg head, and then it's uh, the dude who is like the head of the space marines. And I totally forget his name, uh, super tall, ripped black dude that's awesome. Like, the whole movie, he's kicking ass. And they set up this thing where it's like, you know that him and Jason are eventually going to, you know, lock horns. And this is the battle to be had. But as they're trying to, like, set this up so that they can, like, get Jason off of the ship, they plug the android's head in, and she makes this great virtual reality thing where – you get this virtual reality environment where, like, now Jason has been transported back to Camp Crystal Lake. And there's these, like, two really hot women that pop up. And one is like, Hey, do you want to do some underage drinking or smoking <laughs> pot? Let's have premarital sex. And they both, like, jump. They, like, they both take their tops off and run to Jason. They jump into a sleeping bag and then they, they pan out to like the other characters watching it. And Jason, like, is just kind of standing there, just very confused and just like what the hell and, and they're like all right i think we got some time to, to figure this out and then it cuts back to jason has now so once they're both in sleeping bags jason is beating uh is taking is is holding up one of the sleeping bags and smashing the one woman in the sleeping bag into the lady on the ground in the sleeping bag and just beating them off of each other and then once the lady on the ground is dead he then takes the sleeping bag that he was using to beat the lady on the ground with and smacks it against the tree yeah <laughs> which again phenomenal kill well and also
1: this is how self-aware this movie is they're like it's even the characters are like yes (laughs) it's like because they had to know all of jason's motivations and stuff like that and they're like (laughs) you know let's have two girls and they have them take their tops off and like all that and i'm like okay yeah they they know they know jason
0: yeah so we, we get this thing we also get this thing where um This, like, rescue ship shows up to save them, and it looks like the Jason mask, which is also fun. Like, I I, want to live in a world where spaceships now just look like hockey masks. That's pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, instead of just, like, the standard airlock scene, we get the head of the Space Marines, like, jumps on the back of Jason and rides him down like, um, uh, what's the movie? Uh, uh, how I uh, how I stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb. Dr. Oh Strange yeah, yeah, love?
1: yeah. Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he
0: totally does the Doctor Strange Love thing. But instead of riding the bomb to Earth, he, he's riding Jason through the stratosphere, and it ends up him and Jason both get ripped apart. Finale of the movie is we get now the Uber Jason mass dropping into Camp Crystal Lake, and it floats to the bottom of the, the lake,
1: and that's where it now lives. Yeah. So, I think we'll see someone pick up on that someday overall impressions here where does this fall for you where so like where where do you put this on our tiers it's pretty high up there man i
0: uh i i will put it up there like like uh, four and six are my favorites but i put it on the same level just a smidge below it on the same level as like seven because again i really like the whole carry idea it's one of my favorite jasons it is very self-aware it knows what it is and it also proves that like jason is a character you can take and put anywhere uh, recently on my podcast i was talking to my buddy uh uh justin 3000 stewart we were talking about um different comic books and he pointed out this out to me and it made and i was like oh shit you're right he's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman are two things that you can put into any storyline and it just works. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you can really make Batman or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like travel through time. It works anywhere you drop them in. Predator is the exact same way. And this movie does that with Jason. It's like, you can literally put Jason anywhere and it works. I
1: would put this third tier, but I almost see this as... A different thing it doesn't yeah. feel like the rest of the friday the 13th to me this almost feels like a alternate universe like a, a mm-hmm. like this is a parallel universe jason that's what yep. it feels like to me
0: it makes it feel fresh and fun because you get something just a little outside of what you're used to be it's not just hey guess what jason's back and he's at camp crystal lake and these you know these teenagers are there and now they're gonna die it's like okay we've seen this we've, we've seen this so many times now we get jason in space It's like oh okay this is something a little different the other thing
1: I liked about this, and I'm going to tell a little story here uh, because it I'm going to take us down a little sidebar here. But I was in a small town in Indiana, and I was basically in line to be seated at a Waffle House in the morning and all the booths were taken. And so the guy in line behind me is like, hey, you just want to share a booth? And that way we can both sit down. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I did. The guy's name was Harry Manfredini. And oh, shit. Yeah. He was like giving a lecture about how to score music for movies. And we started talking and he told me his story and how he came from like Chicago and moved to L.A. or was originally doing commercials, but he wanted to do film and like His friend was like, you know, like, well, what, what, what do you have that these other guys don't have, you know? And he was, at first he thought the guy was dissing him, but then he realized what he was saying is you got to have your own thing. And one of the first projects he got was this movie, Friday the 13th, the original one. And told me how he came up with like, you know, that, so he's like yeah this is supposed to be the voice in his head saying kill and yeah. ma and uh he, he was worried that he wouldn't spoil the ending because that spoiler alert spoiler alert this is a spoiler alert fast forward about five minutes if you don't want to hear the spoiler all right, we're spoiling the ending right now, but Jason's mom is involved. You've had, for, in... <laughs> you've had 40 years, listener. You've had 40 years. Come on. So he the the you know, he's worried they he was gonna spoil the ending, but he like he chopped it down, he reverbed it the hell out of it. But his score is like nothing else. Man, he comes from a classical music background. So he was so like good. I went to his his he talked me into coming to his talk. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm a visual artist, I don't know anything about music, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, but I don't know anything. He's like just come, you know. I came and he was talking about playing in minor chords and all these things that you do when you're scoring movies and you know different kinds of movies, and but um, but you know, he's so he's classically trained, but he's also like not afraid to do weird experimental shit. And yep, so there if you go back, there's horror movies before friday the 13th soundtracks and then there's horror movies after friday the 13th and it it changed everything but even in that he's got like one foot in the old style and one foot in the new style and yeah some of the films he more or less phoned it in but not this one this one i think like he updated the score really good um you know with some electronic sounds that fit the like sci-fi nature of it that's one of the things that i think is really good about this particular film you know it's self-reverential it's got this new take on, on Friday the Thirteenth, but it has this awesome score too, and that ticks it up a notch for me too. Um,
0: Agreed, man. Agreed. I, I have, uh, I have actually, I have the original, uh, on vinyl. I have the original uh, Friday Thirteenth soundtrack because of that. You know, just because he he kills it. It's so good. It's so iconic. Like you hear that music, you instantly know what it is. It it it, it gives you the goosebumps immediately with the cha 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 cha. cha. It's just sad. He's so good. I
1: mean, some of the other films, like they, they, they have they put good bands on the soundtrack of the you know Dream Warriors and stuff like that. You know, some of oh, the oh hell yeah, dude. But but Talking as far about... as <laughs> yeah, as far as score goes, nothing tops Manfredini's. Like yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, what was the 80s uh hair metal band that was on Dream War? Dream Warriors! I don't remember who that was off uh, the top of my head, but I totally forget too. I, I was thinking Lion, but Lion was uh the Transformers movie. Uh so it's not Lion. I think I think it might have been Dawkins or it was
1: I think it was Dawkins. Yes, yeah. it was Dawkins. Oh yeah, Hell Yeah. Dokken. yeah. <laughs> um anyway, so but you know, as far as just pure musical scores, like Manfredini stuff like harkens back to I remember he and I were talking about he asked me at that breakfast table like what's your favorite musical score composer Ooh, or whatever and I said Ber- I said Bernard Herman you know who did psycho and all that and it, and it turned mm-hmm. out that that was his big influence so we, that's what got us starting talking down that that rabbit hole you know it was a really great time we stayed at that waffle house that was overcrowded anyway like we were monopolizing a table for a long time just because we were talking about horror movie music movie stuff yeah all right so um is there any last thoughts you have about this i think it's highly rewatchable it's definitely one that you can have people over for beers and rewatch it which i can't say about all of them you know yeah
0: no jason x is very much a super fun movie get some beers pack a bowl chill with your buddies like it is a super software movie you can laugh at it you get incredible kills you don't really have to pay that much attention to it. It's great. So I'm a big fan of Jason X. If I can throw one thing out there, have you um have you uh do you know about the Never Hike Alone series?
1: No, I do not. I I've, I've heard it I've heard that before, but I don't know. Maybe it was on your podcast actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so listener, if you're if you're into the Friday the 13th stuff and you you know I mean because after this it, it kind of gets a little weird because you know after this we get Freddie versus Jason and then we get uh, then they did the reboot and like it was like 2009, 2010. Remember, that was like a thing for a while where like all the slash movies got reboot in like the early 2010s. Yeah, you
1: know why that is? No, throw it at me. Besides, just to make money, I, I'm not a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of these franchises they do not want their copyright or their um license to the copyright to expire so yes they can make a dog shit movie just as long as they make a movie so that that resets the clock you know to you know so that's why we're getting a that's why particularly at that time we were getting a ton of reboots and it's still going on now with other properties you know i mean i'm not naming names here texas chainsaw massacre but uh yeah i mean that's definitely
0: happening and that was like a problem with like the Friday the 13th series is like that exactly. We are talking about the copyright where now it's in copyright hell because you have the people that originally made Friday the 13th, number one. And then you have the guy who did number three, where you get like the iconic Jason with the mask and they're arguing over who owns the property outright where it's like, well, Hey, you did these first two movies, but they were like, you know, a mom and then like a guy in a bag head. And then I made the Jason that is like the commercially understood, like, jason you know i mean like it's you know jason's become this thing where like when you think of like slasher horror movie halloween stuff he is like hulk hogan or he is tony hawk he's the default dude that is what you think about when you think of like scary movie slasher guy it's jason and so um because of it getting held up we're like now they can't make a new movie because of all this there was a fan that made a series of movies called Never Hike Alone and Never Hike Alone is based on this idea of the first one is a guy who has a travel vlog and he is like traveling in the woods and camping and it's, it's shot all like first person, like kind of like Blair witch project kind of deal. And uh, he's like, Oh, I discovered this thing on my, my map called camp crystal Lake. I'm going to go check it out. It's closed. It's a band. I'm going to see what it is. And then he runs into what's called ghost Jason, which is like this weird new version of Jason. That's pretty creepy looking pretty cool. And it's now spawned like a series of these movies that you can watch for free on YouTube. And the sequel, uh, Never I Alone 2, dips into the idea of Jason and Winter, which is something that was supposed to be like um, when they talked about doing like Friday the Thirteen. like when they were talking about doing like the next sequel, that was the idea was to like have Jason exist in, in Winter because we've never seen Jason in the snow. And because it never got made, that's what um, Never Heck Alone did. They ended up making like a Jason and Winter show. Boom. So check them out. It's great. They're, they're a lot of fun. They're really good. And give them support. They even like bring in the guy who played Tommy Jarvis in like number six. Like he's in in he's he's part of this thing now. So uh, listener, if you want to see something cool and you want to support independent cinema, uh, check out I uh, Never Hike Alone.
1: Yeah, cool. It's it's weird where like now fans have the access to the technology to be able to make stuff. That, like Star Trek oh, fans have been doing this for years yeah. and stuff like that, and Batman fans and stuff like that. So you're getting a lot of stuff from fans that it's like, wow, that's you know. I mean, that's better than some of the stuff that that they're putting out in the official franchise, you know,
0: 100 percent. I watched something on YouTube that was somebody made like a uh, they designed a a Terminator thing where it was a it was a video of like uh, a bunch of survivors in the future hunting one of the hunter killers. And it's incredible. Like it totally looks like something out of like, when you see like in Terminator two and Terminator one, where like Cameron bounces to the future and you get to see like what Skynet looks like in the post apocalypse, like it totally hits that aesthetic and it's incredible. So definitely. And, and like you said, the Batman stuff, oh my God, you can find Batman fighting aliens, predator, Darth Vader, whatever you want on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Okay. Well, um, Thanks uh, for joining us for this special Friday the 13th episode. We normally don't release episodes on the 13th, but this one's going out because, yeah, when else are you going to release it? (laughs) it. You want to plug whatever you you got going on? Sure, man. If you want to find me online,
0: you can go to my Instagram, at Neil to Know One is the easiest place to find me at. It's got all my links to all my stuff in my link tree. I also have a podcast called What You Into?, Again, I interview about their hobbies, their collection, their fandom. Right now, we're in spooky season. So this month, my buddy Jamie came on. He's doing a bunch of episodes with me. We did an episode with you where we're talking about Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Day of the Dead. We also just wrapped an episode. Uh, we talked to my friend, Dustin, who owns Earth to Kentucky in, oh, in Kentucky, in, in Covenant, Kentucky which is a whole store that's dedicated to like vinyl art toys. And, and and sometimes there's horror toys mixed into that, which is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. And then this week I'm talking about my buddy, Simon. Uh, he's going to come on. He's going to talk about being one of those dudes that makes like the uh, incredibly scary horror yard in the suburbs. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's yeah. always that. There's always that one neighbor in the neighborhood that has like a, basically a crime scene on their front lawn from October 1st through October 31st. He's that guy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. If you're into horror, come over for the month, check it out and stick around. Cause at this point I got over a hundred episodes for you. They're all evergreen. You can pick them up where you want. And uh, each one focuses
1: on a different hobby or collection. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And I want to let our listeners know if you want to write to us, you can at GC8 podcast that's letter G letter C number eight podcast at gmail.com. And then uh, just spread the word. Let people know about the podcast. That's the only way we can get out there these days. I think all the big companies have taken over podcasting. So now, like, breaking out on the algorithm is just impossible. So Word of, uh, word
0: of mouth is where it's at, dude. You, honestly, listener, if you're a fan of this podcast, tell a friend. Like, it really does help. Because if you throw something out into the algorithm, it just gets swallowed up.
1: Yeah, once upon a time, that wasn't true. But now, like people saw there was money to be made in podcasting and like every media company now has a podcasting arm, you know, HBO has a podcasting arm. Sony has a podcasting arm, you know? So this is real grassroots right here. All right. Until next time, this is Eric. I'm tank. And uh, have a good Halloween. Hell yeah.
0: If you're having sex anywhere near Jason, it will wake Jason up.